know him this morning. Just before we, we sing that song, uh, I don't know sometimes when you sing a song, if you really read what it says. It starts, says, well, I'm tired and weary, but I must go. Amen. I'm tired. I'm weary. But the journey is long. Amen. Till the Lord comes and call me away. Oh yes. Well the morning is bright. And the lamb is the light. That's the destination. But now I'm tired. I'm weary. But I must go. Amen. Let's just sing that song, brother. Well, I'm tired and so weary, but I must go along till the Lord comes and calls me. Away. Oh, yes. Well, the morning is bright and the land 
is the light and the night nights are fair oh as the day
on one second. I don't know if you read properly the last verse of the song. It says, the bear will be gentle in that valley. So that means in that valley, things will change. And the wolf will be tamed. They won't be biting each other. They won't be fighting in that valley. The lion shall lay down by the lamb. Today, you can see that happen. The lion will be by the lamb. Today, they will eat each other. Oh, the lion will eat the lamb. But in that valley, things will change. And the beast of the wild will be led by a child. Amen. And I will be changed when I am in that valley. Let's just sing the, the chorus one more time, then we'll pray. There will be peace in the valley for me someday. There will be peace in the valley for me. Lord, I pray. open our Bible, if you have your Bible with you, which I believe you have, we'll just open in Psalm 23, chapter 1 to 6, talking about the the valley of decision this morning. That will be my my subject, Uh, and the theme is still the consecration. To be consecration, that our theme but a little subject to that will be the valley of decision. Psalm 23, verse 1. If you're there, we can all read it together in case you didn't read your Bible this morning. Maybe you were in a hurry and you come quickly to the church or to the service. So you have the opportunity just to open your mouth and to read the scripture out loud. Are you there? All right, let's read together. A Psalm of David. The Lord... Are you there yet? Because I can't hear your voice. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. David says, Though I walk through the valley 
or shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Where is God with you? In the valley of death. Amen. Amen. Let's just read Joel chapter 3 verse 14. Joel chapter 3 verse 14. Are you there? All right. Should I wait a minute? No. Joel. 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 Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. My goodness. Pronunciation is complicated sometimes. So, Joel. So, that is uh, South African English, right? All right. So, I'm saying in North American English. They call it Joel. Okay. So, Joel. That sounds like French. Joel. All right. Joel chapter 3, verse 14. Okay, let's read. Multitude, multitude in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence. Thank you for the song that we sang this morning, the worship, oh God, and different ones that have come, they consecrated this weekend for you. Lord Jesus, I pray that may you take preeminence over the service from the pulpit to the last person sitting in this building. Father, may you bless the little children that have come. Father, sometimes we forget them. We might think that they are not getting it, but somehow you speak to them as well. May you touch the heart of the little ones. Oh God, we pray that you will help us all together in your presence. May the Holy Ghost just anoint our hearts. That we will say like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, that our heart was burning within us when he spoke to us along the way. Father, speak to us. As the songwriter says, I'm tired. I'm weary. But I must go. There was one time Elijah. He was so tired. He was so frustrated. He could not believe what Israel was doing. He brought the fire down from heaven. Oh God. He restored the, 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 the altar. He did everything he could. But oh God. Israel was still worshipping other gods. He was so tired. And he ran under a juniper tree. Father God the prophet says. Down there, you came to meet him. Oh God, you gave him something to eat. You gave him a cake. Oh God, the prophet says, I wonder what was in that cake. No matter what it was, but it gave him strength to move on. Oh God, the battle is getting harder. Harder and harder as we move on. We are tired, Father. We are tired of seeing sin among us. We are tired of seeing divorce in our midst. We are tired of seeing our young kids backsliding. We are tired of seeing, oh God, all kinds of things happening in our midst. But we must go along. Oh God, this morning, strengthen our hands, Father. Give us strength. 
Give us the same cake that you gave to Elijah the prophet. And I believe today that cake is the message of the hour. Oh God, anoint our heart, Father. Give us an encouragement this morning that we must move on. Oh God, and Elijah moved on. Oh Father, until you gave him a new mission. It was to anoint Elisha. To anoint, oh God, other men that will continue on with the work. Father God, the prophet has gone on. But you have raised up five ministries that will continue on, Father. Oh God, let the same freshness of the Holy Spirit that was on Elijah, the prophet of today, may come upon the five ministry. That they can continue on, oh God, to repeat what the prophet says. Oh God, to continue with that voice, get back in line. Get back in line. Oh God, we love you this morning. Anoint us, oh God, for service. We sanctify our bodies and our mind and our soul for you this morning. Take preeminence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may take the comfort of your seat while I remain standing. Uh, As I said, I just wanted to share with you this morning on the valley of decision. And uh, I believe I gave a couple of slides to the brother. If you can just make it ready. <clears throat> David, he was speaking here in Psalm chapter 23. Uh, I think, I don't know, if, is that clear enough? Can you see? Oh. Uh, can you just turn it off for a moment? I'll, I'll just ask you to, to show so that people don't get distracted. David, he's speaking He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Meaning that there is nothing else I need. Once God is my shepherd. And a shepherd is one that guides you. Is one that is there to lead you. Is one who is there to instruct you. Because you don't know the way. You don't know where you're going. You don't know the destination. And a shepherd and the, and the lambs, they don't, they don't sit down and fight. Because the, the sheep or the lamb, they don't know where they're going. Their trust is on the shepherd. Amen. I believe a true son of God cannot sit there and his pastor or her pastor and discuss about the journey. You don't know where you're going. That's why the pulpit is higher than the congregation. Because the pastor sees way where you cannot see. God has given him ability to see things that you cannot see. Even though you, may, you, you, you had degrees. You, went to, you did all, you finished up all the university in the world. You will never see the same way as your pastor. Never. Amen. He is the spiritual man in the church. After the Holy Spirit is your pastor, is your shepherd, is there to lead you and you must trust him. That's why the prophet says you must be 100% with your pastor. If he says let's go left, you don't need to question him. If you trust him, you just go. Because he's not there to play with your soul. He's there to lead you to the right destination. Amen. And the prophet says something that I really love and it's hard to believe sometimes he said that the pastor 
in my absence, has the right to do what he thinks right for the church. Have you ever read that, Pastor? Think. It might not be written in the Bible. It's not written in the message. But if the pastor sees in the wheat bank there is a problem, he has the right, according to the word of God, to bring up his solution. And if you trust him, you follow. Because he's a shepherd in the local church. That's what David is saying here. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need any other shepherd. We got today people that have a spiritual migration. They just immigrated from church to church. No pastor. No church. Nothing. They are the the believer of the world. We don't believe in those things. A believer has a church that he belongs to. You need a church where you pay your tithes, your offering, and support that ministry with everything you got. Because that man is your shepherd. And the, the, David is saying here, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. Oh, hallelujah. Green pastures. Oh, you know what? It, it, like they say, it's green on the other side. On my side, it's always green. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. I already, I already got everything I have need of. And he leadeth me beside the still waters. Amen. My waters are not shaky. It's not troubled. It's still. It's calm. It's there for me. Amen. He says, he restores my soul. So that means there's time where you're in trouble. Then he comes and restores your soul. He restored the joy of your salvation. You, may, you might be going on along. There is so much discouragement. And you know, I was just writing something down. I don't know if I have it here. Uh, what brings discouragement in believers' life sometimes? Uh, I hope I have it here. Uh, too many things to write sometimes. Sometimes we get so discouraged. All right, I have it here. Things that causes discouragement in believers' life. Hardness of the way. Things just get tough. I don't understand anything. Everything I try, nothing works. I went to this university, they didn't want me. I tried this business, it does not work. Nobody loves me in the church. I'm discouraged. Who told you the whole church must love you? That's not the gospel. Nobody has to love you. As long as Jesus loves me, that majority. Amen. I really don't need you to love me. Because you can't love me anyway. The only thing that causes you to love me is Christ. Without Jesus Christ, you cannot love me. I got too many mistakes that you cannot understand. Amen. What makes believers be discouraged? Difficult task to do. I have to be in church on Wednesday, on Sunday again, evening and morning and evening. Ah, oh, come on, people. I'm tired. When I try things, things don't work. Delay in fulfillment. I've been waiting and waiting, nothing happens. Our brother Lawrence, we were talking yesterday morning. You were saying sometimes you get a no answer. No does not mean I hate you. And many times God just say no. 
And you must love him when he says no. Brother Branham said there's time where you turn every stone of your life. You pray, you pray, you pray, you say, today something's going to happen, brother, I feel good. And nothing happens. And you say, wow, where is God? You are down in the valley. Amen. In the shadow of death. When things don't look right. When nothing works. But David says, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. When nothing works, God is there. When things go sideways, God is there. He never leaves me alone because he says, I will be with you even in you to the end of the world. Amen. Multitude, multitude in the valley of decision. What is a decision? Many times we don't make decisions, we just do things. But a real person must stop and make decisions. A decision is to be determined to do something or not to do something. A decision is a conclusion that comes after something happened. Because of this, I will do this. I'm determined to do that. I don't care who says what. It's my decision. I'm going to marry this woman. I'm going to accept this man. It's my decision. When things don't work, don't blame anybody. It was your choice. Amen. Nowadays, we get into the blame attitude. Like Adam and Eve were. Adam, why did you do this? It's the woman. It's the woman. Woman, why did you do this? It's not me, the serpent. We don't need that kind of a habit. We need to be responsible of our decision. Eve, why did you do this? Well, I thought it was nice. That's why I did it. I don't blame the serpent. Because when he came to me, I accepted him. It's my decision. Well, brother, I fall down because that sister was keep on calling me and calling me and calling me. No, you liked it. You accepted it. You could have said no. Brother, in our school, I'm the only believer. But you know what? My friends, my friends, they just tell me, you got to go with that guy. You got to love that guy. You know, he likes you. He likes you. But then I just fall. No, you made a decision. Amen. They did not force you. You accepted it. Amen. Multitude in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Amen. The prophet says this in a message, getting in the spirit. He says, you know, everybody wants a hilltop experience. And they never want to take the valley. Everybody wants, everybody, the Pentecostal church too. Every night, if you are not shouting, dancing, jumping up and down, speaking in tongues, running around over the floor or something or another, you didn't have any kind of a meeting. We like those meetings where we run around and we say, oh, we were inspired. Inspiration does not mean to jump. 
Inspiration does not mean to run around the aisle. Amen. Inspiration is when God himself drops something in your heart. And that thing that he drops in changes your life. Amen. We don't see the inspiration, but we see the reaction of the inspiration. Amen. We see what comes out of the inspiration. When someone sings a song, they were inspired. I didn't see it. But when I hear the song, then I'm like, this song is inspired. Amen. The prophet says, you know, it's all right to be on the mountaintop. That's good. But let me tell you, your fruit will freeze up there at night. Have you ever seen a mango tree on top of a mountain? Have you ever seen a banana tree on top of a mountain? It's cold up there. Brother, I have that, I have that uh, um, slide there. I don't know if it's going to be clear enough to see it. Can you just find the one with the, the snow cap on the mountain? On some of those pictures. Please. The prophet says, your fruit will freeze up in the mountain. Do you see the mountain? You see any tree there? The trees are on the valley. Down. And there is a stream of water right there. Because David says, I'm a tree planted by the rivers of waters. And the water represents the word. And you are the tree because you got to bear fruits. You must be by the rivers of waters. So you can feed on the water of the word. So you can produce fruits. The fruits of the spirit. But if you go up there in the mountain, it's cold up there. Your fruit of the spirit will freeze. Amen. The prophet says, and when the cold spell comes, you lose all your fruits. What happened now? We put too much on mountaintop experience of dancing and shaking and jumping around instead of all night prayer meeting down in the valley of decisions. So that means prayer meeting is in the valley. It's not in a mountain. Because prayer will produce the fruit of the spirit. But many times we want to be up on the top of the mountain. Oh, hallelujah. God has blessed me. He gave me this. He gave me that. You go all around the world giving all the testimony of everything. You know what you produce? Pride. Amen. Pride. That's what comes out of those kind of testimony. I, I, you know, don't get me wrong. Give a testimony when God, something, God does something great for you. But be careful as you're giving the testimony because sometimes it brings pride with it. Amen. The prophet says, where you have to come down there and meet God and really pour out your life until, until something takes place. He says, we've grown, we've grown fruit up there. But the freeze kills it. You go up on the mountain. Hallelujah. I'm healed. Hallelujah. I got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But in your heart there is hatred. You can shake your brother's hands. You can look at someone on the face and fix a problem. And you prefer sending him a message on Facebook, on WhatsApp. Let's face to face, brother. It's time to face one another. If you have a problem with me, come and meet me. Don't send me a text. 
that means you are a weak person. Amen. We need to fix problems. We don't need to write things on these medias. Amen. The prophet says, every time it comes, a little cool spell, you've got nothing to rest upon. When the emotion, the emotion dies down, then the shout all gone, the noise ceases, the temptation comes along, then you can't take it. When you are up on the mountain. You can't take nothing. A little trial. <laughs> what are you crying about? Why cry? Speak. Amen. A little devil come. Pastor, at school, I can't stand it. Why can't you stand it? You want the pastor to follow you at school for you to be protected? What did God call you for? What did you come to the Easter meeting for? For you to stay bound? I don't believe so. Then go home. Go do your business. We are here in the delivering business. We are here for being to be delivered. And God is here to deliver you if you want. It's your decision. If you are born with pornography, like we said yesterday, one of the worst demons to deal with. If you are born, you will be delivered if you want. It's not the problem of God anymore. It's your problem now. You will be there giving testimony. I went to church. I did this. I sang a song. I sang a special. Oh, I felt good. And when I, after I finished singing the song, they told me your voice was good. Who cares about your voice? I don't care. You know the voice of David when he was singing those songs? Who cares? We care about the words. I don't care about your voice. Amen. You can sing like, a, like an angel by being a devil in your heart. Amen. Sorry for being hard. The prophet says here, he says, what we need is to get down to that grinding place. Down there in that valley, dig out your problems. Amen. That's exactly right. It's where the church needs to be tonight. In that grinding place. You know, back in our country, we eat... uh, Cassava, cassava leaves. And cassava leaves have to be grounded. And we have this little, I don't know how you call that in English, but they put the, the thing in there, the leaves in there, then you take this uh, thing and you hammer it. You're grinding it for about an hour or so until the mama see that it's ready to be eaten. Church, you need to be grounded. Amen. Do you need a minister that will really grind you down. Bring out all the juice out of your life. Help me, brothers. How many are happy for the sound guys? They're doing a tremendous job. Let's just give them a clap of hands. One time, Brother Bisco, Ed Bisco said, I thank God in heaven we won't have a mic. <laughs> You don't have mic in heaven. You can be a mile away down. I'll just sing a song. You hear me. <clears throat> we got to be in that place. The prophet says in a message, hear his voice. Everything, talking about Uzziah. Everything he wanted. Why? Uzziah, I mean Isaiah with Uzziah. I just took a quote. He says, 
Uzziah would give it to him. And every time he wanted anything, why? The king would give it to him. But there come a time when the king dies. The prophet says, prosperity always ruins the people. Amen. 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 Prosperity always ruins the people. That's a hard thing to say. But prosperity takes a man away from God. When you start to want to gain more money, more money, more money, you become busy with uh, how to, to, to invest. There is no time to pray. No time to seek God. No time to ask God, is it your will to invest in this business? It is your will, Father. In the, I'm in the valley right now of decision. I got two business that looks prosperous, Father. Is it your will for me to put money somewhere? Show me a vision. Speak to me. There is two men that I need to choose from. Show me which one is my husband. There is two ladies that I need to choose from. Show me which one is mine. We don't pray. We don't pray. And then when the problem comes, no, it's that person that told me to marry them. It's not their fault. You chose it. And you will pay a price. For not following God's order. The prophet says. Let me just go quickly because of the time. In a message the ark. He says don't be scared. God is driving the wind. God is driving the ark. He has all things provided. Why Noah wouldn't have had many, any victory, wouldn't have seen storms and trials. You understand that? Noah could not have victory if there was no storms. If we were just put through a little safe tunnel and to run through, there is no joy. The prophet wanted God to tell him everything to do. God tell him, no, I don't deal with people like that. You must walk by faith. You don't need God to tell you things all the time. You need to trust him. God, I will put my foot here. I don't know what you want, but I have a desire to get this. And I will go by faith. Amen. The prophet says, the storms of life, what makes us have the joy? The storms of life, brings joy. Can we say amen to that? Who wants storm in his life? Oh, God be merciful unto you. I don't see hands. Nobody wants storms. Let me tell you, if you are a child of God, you like it or not, you get it. God will make sure you get your storms because you cannot go to heaven without storms in your life. God, the prophet says, God loves to put his children in a test. He will test your life. You might think my test is the biggest problem in the world. No, don't worry. Everybody got the test. And the weak ones, they will forsake the test and run to the world. But the sons of God, as we sang it, they will say, I'm tired. I'm weary, but I must go. Amen. I have to move on. I cannot sit. There. I cannot just sit here and enjoy the world. There is so much ahead that I need to enjoy in the presence of the Lord. The prophet says, "We would never know what daylight unless we had some dark." 
You cannot enjoy sun, sun, uh, uh, sunlight if you did not see the night. We would never know what the hilltop was unless we had, unless we had a mountain. We will never know what good health was unless you had some sickness. Amen. There is always goodness. Goodness comes after trial. Amen. You never know how to enjoy salvation unless you was once a sinner. God made all things the law of contrast. He loves you. Amen. He loves you. The prophet says in the message, the world is falling apart. He says, so we want everything so we can just take it easy. Believe it, don't want valley. We all want mountain when things are good. When your bank account is full of money. When everything just fine. Oh, no sickness. I have a job that is flourishing. I bought a new home, a new car. I have a car. My wife has a car. My kids got a car. We're all just enjoying the goodness of God. Hey, once you say enjoying the goodness of God, it's coming. Because God wants to make sure you stay humble. You enjoy the blessing, trial is just behind you. Amen. So be careful when you talk about the goodness of God. God won't let you just go there on the top of the mountain. He needs to protect your fruits. Remember Jesus came and found a tree and he found a tree and there was no fruit. He cursed it. And today you are a tree. Jesus wants to come to you and find fruits. He does not find fruit of your life. He will curse you. You are not none of me. I have no part with you. Amen. He wants to eat, enjoy the fruit of your life. The prophet said, we want to take it easy and retire. Some people like to retire early at 50. Oh, goodness. They want just to retire and take life easy. Life was not intended to be easy. Life is a struggle. You know, when we were kids, mom and dad would just bring food and everything. You never imagine where they get the money from. Sometimes they never know what does that do anyway. You just enjoy the food. You don't even care about the rent. All you do, dad, mom, dad, mom. You're enjoying the presence of papa and mama, but wait, yours is coming. Once you finish your school, you start going for a job. You start looking for a job. You go on the internet. Yes, we look at your resume, but we'll call you later. That means it's in the garbage. <laughs> Mom, I can't find a job. You just have started. Yeah. I can't find a job. Mama, pray for me. Yes, you are on the right path now. Now you understand what Papa and Mama went through. Right. Now you know how to save. Because you're going to work hard. And the Holy Ghost will teach you how to save. Sometimes we spend too much on nothing. Amen. There was a friend of mine, he comes up with an iPhone X. So this is the best phone the world ever received. How much did you buy it? thousand dollars. I said, whoa! A thousand dollars for a cell phone? Who are you calling? (laughs) 
Are you calling Trump? What's going on? Why? Thousand dollars? That's a lot of money. I cannot afford it. Brothers and sisters, this is our world today. We want an easy life. And maybe you went out and you borrowed that money to buy it just to prove others that you can have an X. And then probably in a couple months there is an X1, an X2 and whatever. Another one comes. What, a li- what kind of a life is this? While there is people that don't have a cloth on to wear. I was just telling the pastor the other day that there is a... How many know pygmies? Have you heard about them? Beautiful people, they're just short. If you're short, you are no pygmy, don't worry. <laughs> they're about this tall, about, about a meter long. They live way down, you know, in the jungle of Africa. Somewhere there. And we're happy to have them in our country. They got the message. They received the message. This is an amazing thing that we in the message should enjoy because the prophet says this message will get to the jungle of Africa. Prophecy has been fulfilled. But guess what? They don't have clothes. They just wear this little thing. They cover the sex. That's it. No clothes. But look at your cupboard. How many clothes do you have? Go count them. The Bible says count your blessings. Yeah. Count your blessings. And if you, you haven't worn your blessing for the last three months, that means you don't need it. Pack it up and give it to someone who needs it. But we will keep so much clothes, so much shoes, so much purse. This purse for that shoes, that purse for that shoes, that purse for that clothes. Oh, goodness. Our souls are dying. Our eyes are into filthiness. Things that don't bring no joy. That's why you buy it all the time because they don't, they have, they don't bring joy in your life. You swipe your credit card, swap, 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 swap. You think it's your money. Now you struggle to pay back because you want to be on top of the mountain. Brother, time to go down in the valley where the Holy Ghost will grind you down. I'm happy with what I got. I'm not there to look at who have what. It's not my business. I'm happy with what God gave me. Amen. I try to keep myself humble my way. I only keep four suits. That's it. If I added the fifth one, I give one out. I keep two shoes. I add another one, I give one out. This is just my discipline. I don't see why I have 10 suits. What am I going to do with them? I don't know what to do with them. Someone needs it. Amen. The prophet says, life is a struggle. Anything that's got life is a struggling. Look at a tree, how is they struggle. Look at everything that got life, it's struggle. And when we try to get some kind of a system that takes it easy, then we are wrong. And we know something is wrong somewhere. You know, sometimes we think, when I go through a difficult time, God does not love me. Things don't work. I try this, it does not work. God, where are you? You don't love me no more. Love, the love of God, it's not because of goodness. Amen. 
That's not the love of God. If, that, if, if money and wealth was the love of God, then the Pope is the, be, the, 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 the most lovable person that God has on, on earth. Or uh, Bezos, whatever his name is. Is that Bezos? That Amazon guy. $130 billion. That's a lot of money, brother. $130 billion. When you think about it, I shake. That's a lot of money. But he's divorced. Money don't buy happiness. Money don't fix marriage. Amen. Money don't fix anything. What fix things is God. If you have a hundred billion dollars with God, you are the rich, you are blessed. If you have zero with God, you're still blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. The prophet says, the storms of life and, the, and, and uh, the cloudy skies and the storms of life are no signs of God disapproval. Neither are bright skies and still waters signs of his love and approval. His approval of any of us is in, only in the beloved. His love is elective. He had for us before the foundation of the world. When I know God loved me before the foundation of the world, before I was born, when I was in my great, 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 great grandfather, God already loved me. I come on earth already loved. And my life is lovely. And when I go through trials, it's still lovely. When I walk to church, it's still lovely. When I drive to church, I'm still lovely. Amen. Don't laugh at anybody. When someone is going through a difficult time, you mock them, it's coming on you. Jesus Christ, the great God of heaven, where did he go to drink the cup of your sin? He went to Gethsemane. And Gethsemane, the location of it, it was on the hill of a mountain. So that means it was on the valley. It was not up there. Jesus went on the valley of Gethsemane. That's when he prayed. Oh, Father, give me the character at this time. Because I need a certain character. They will insult me. They will do all kinds of things. But the Bible says he opened not his mouth. Why? Because he was in the valley. He came out of the valley transformed. All the criticism was gone. All the pride that I'm the son of God, brother. What do you think? I can call a host of angels. Nothing. He went there a humiliated person. Why? Because of the valley. He told the disciple in Mark 14. He said, verse 34. He said unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Where? In the valley of Gethsemane. That's where you get sorrow. That's where you cry. That's where you abandon your life. That's where you pour all that you are before the Lord. In consecration. He says, he says, sorrowful unto death. 
He told them, tarry here and watch. Be there and observe what I'm doing in the valley. Because it's coming for you too. Be here and watch what I'm doing. And the Bible says, he says, and he went forward a little and fell on the ground and the disciples were watching. And prayed. If it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba Father. Where was he calling Abba Father? In the valley. When you're on the mountain, many times we don't call on God. We just say what our accomplishment on the mountain. I did. I went. And many times it's full of lies. I did. I went. I've done. Brother, you know what? Uh, nowadays, it's me, friends. It's, I've done this. I've done that. I've went there. Show off your capacity, your ability. The prophet said God is looking for nobodies. And when Jesus was calling the disciple, he called nobodies. Peter, he didn't know how to sign his name. Can you imagine? And he read the miracle that he did. That's what God is looking for. He's not looking for DD, PPLD, whatever you call those things. I done this, I'm this, I'm that. God does not need your diploma. He needs your soul. Amen. So Jesus poured out his soul in, in, in Gethsemane, in the valley of Gethsemane. All things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but thy will. In the valley, you are looking for the will of God. Lord, it's not me. It's you. Take me. Do to me what you want. Send me wherever you want me to go. I'm ready to go because I'm down in the valley. So that when I will be on the mountain, I can proclaim your goodness because I came down from the valley. The prophet said in certain Zidin, he says, Jesus fought out with Satan in the garden of Gethsemane. It was not on Calvary that Jesus got the victory. The victory was not on, on Mount Calvary. Mount Calvary was the result of a fight. Amen. But Jesus won the battle in Gethsemane. That's where he sold his life to God. Do to me what you want. I got nothing to give anyway. Amen. The prophet says, And he won back the Eden. You understand? On Gethsemane, that's where Jesus won Eden. This beginning of the restoration. He started in Gethsemane. Brother, where is your Gethsemane, sisters? Where is your Gethsemane? You want to show off how you dress, how you look beautiful, how everything is fine. That's not it. Go down on Gethsemane. We will know you by being in Gethsemane. The prophet says, which he's gone to prepare in heaven. To return again up in heaven. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Hallelujah. Let not your heart be troubled. You know here the prophet says something in a message. Question and answers. In 54. He says, now you used to. You used to go dance all night. And think nothing about it. Set out in the worldly things. But when it comes to the word of God. Over 20 minutes, brother, 
we go to get a new preacher. You used to go dance all night. But when you become a Christian, 20 minutes of preaching, you're like... <laughs> but you used to go for a whole night. He says, it's a shame. Paul preached all night. I preached right here years ago at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. He was not preaching to benches. He was preaching to people. So people were there hungry for the word. 2 a.m. in the morning. Pastor Madiba, come out. We are here for you 2 a.m. in the morning. Preach on. He wakes up or he sleep, pick his Bibles. The Bible says at 2 a.m. And the church is crying, hallelujah. And the people would be walking up and down this place here, just praising God at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I seen as many as a dozen at that time receive the Holy Ghost at 2 and 3 o'clock. 2 and 3 o'clock, the time where everybody get into a deep sleep. When you're snoring out. When your body's just resting. But your soul is not resting. And when you're a believer, when you know things don't work in your life, you know that I don't have the victory that I need to get. It does not matter when, what time of the night. You wake up. Oh God, I can't sleep. Something is wrong. My life is not what it used to be. I used to read. I used to pray. Something is wrong somewhere. I'm down in the valley. Oh God, have mercy. Deliver me. Deliver me from this spirit. Deliver me from, 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 from gossiping. Deliver me. I cannot open my mouth, but I always criticize. I need deliverance, oh God. Two o'clock in the morning and the Holy Ghost will come. You know why? Because it's so quiet. Everybody is sleeping. When Billy Paul saw the angel of the Lord, you know what time he was? Around five, four, five o'clock in the morning. People are sleeping. The prophet woke him up, said, Billy, he wants to see you. What a privilege. What a privilege. And don't think it was only for him. It's for you too. How many times you wake up in the middle of the night, you feel something, I need to pray. I need to pray. I need to read. Then like, oh, I'm tired. I'll pray in 6 a.m. in the morning. Blah. You just missed him. You missed him, brother, sister. And many times he does not come in the morning. He does not come because the prophet said God does not miss his appointment. 6 a.m. was not his appointment. The appointment was at 3 a.m. But you missed him and he's gone. Amen. The prophet says, God have mercy. I wish I could see it again. But we can't. The days is gone. The day is gone now. It's far spent. Amen. I was, as I was meditating on this, there's a friend of mine I was, I've been praying with. He's really bound with the spirit of pornography really bound. 
And uh, I did a little bit of study on what that spirit or pornography, what kind of effect it has on your body. Can I just talk about it for a minute? What kind of effect does it have on your physical body? Bear with me. Excuse me for what I'm going to say. When you watch pornography, the devil is not crazy, friends. And you know how much the business of pornography is worth? A hundred billion dollars. That was from last year. I don't know this year. You think when you open your screen and watch pornography, it's free. It's not. You're paying for it. You're paying for it. It's not free. They're making money while you're viewing somebody's nakedness. Which the devil knows, it's against the scripture. He knows. And God, when he told Israel, don't see anybody's nakedness. God knew the effect it has on your body. God knew that. That's why he said, don't do it. Don't do like other people do. Because you are a special people. And the devil today, he brings up YouTube. YouTube and all this nonsense. And he make pornography available. And you come, you open your screen, and you watch. As you are watching, what does it do bring you next to masturbation? That's what brings you to. And what does masturbation do to your brains? It's another story, brother. The devil, he was there when God was creating man. That's what the prophet said. He has maha, which is the knowledge, the knowledge of, uh, uh, I don't know how can I uh, 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 explain that. The knowledge of life. How does the body function? He knows that. And he knows what can I give to a man and give to a woman to destroy them. He's not crazy. And that's why he makes money. And sons and daughters of God are watching these things. They are so locked up into these things. And I was looking at the statistic in America. 80% of divorce is caused by pornography. 80% of divorce. Why? Because the husband... What is pornography? When he comes home, he wants his wife to act like what he saw. Not knowing those people were under drugs. What they do is not natural. Amen. And sons and daughters of God are watching those things. And they're bringing that spirit in their homes. They want your wife to act like those nonsense demon possessed people. And because she won't be able to do it, she's not under drugs. You want someone else. Oh, God have mercy on us. That's why prayer is very important, my friends. Divorce in a marriage, in a marriage today, in a message. If you follow the cause, pornography behind it. And you know what also is one of the cause that brings that? We are not taught. 
the Jews, they would teach their daughters sexual things before they get married. When you get there, this is what happens. Amen. Young men, this is what happens. In a message we don't teach, God will be with you. With me doing what? <laughs> Let's be honest, friends. The Holy Ghost will not come and teach you those things. Where is our mothers? Where is our fathers? They can teach us how to do it right. And the young men and the young ladies, they're getting married, they're looking at each other's. I've never done this. We've never done it. So what? Let's watch. As soon as you watch, a demon spirit comes in. You're bringing another wife inside, you bring another man in. Let's look at how they do it. Demon possess people. They're getting into your house. And because you cannot be satisfied with what, you, well, what your wife or your husband is doing, and there's so all, much, all kind of practices that they do there that a believer should not do. I don't want to get very plain here, but you understand what I'm talking about. There's practices that you cannot do there. God says in the word, you shall not lay with an animal. And today we become animal in our homes. Amen. Lack of prayer, lack of consecration. Amen. Bring those things in our homes and we are divided. The husband is not satisfied. He won't tell anybody he's not satisfied. It's a secret of our house. And he starts looking outside. Thinking it's better there. It's green on the other side. It's not green there. When you get there, same spirit. Same spirit. Pornography. Difficult demon to deal with. You know why? Because you are afraid to tell it. Because people will think you are not spiritual. But the moment you expose it, that shows how your spiritual is. Amen. A demon has to be exposed. If you are bound by that demon, my friend, my brother, my sister, expose it. This is Easter. This is Easter. We need to sanctify ourselves. Sanctify your marriage. Amen. If that spirit has got into your house, sanctify your house. Divorce is on your way. Amen. Pornography. A woman who is watching pornography... She will masturbate. What happened in your brain? Same thing with a man. Excuse me for saying this. But we need to expose the devil. The man, you watch pornography and then you masturbate. You know what happened in your, in your brain? God created the body the way beautiful. The prophet says, I used to teach about sex back in the days. But because of time, he couldn't do it anymore. Your brain, once you watch, your brain has hormones that prepares you for sexual act. And the hormones is getting ready, preparing your body. Now, the brain only knows the woman. It does not know masturbation. So the, brain, the, the hormone comes and he finds that it's not satisfied. That's why you get nervous after masturbation. 
Why, why you get mad? It's because the body did not, was not satisfied. It brings some, uh, it does not bring victory at all. It brings shame, nervousness. Why did I do this anyway? Because the hormones, the way God created it, was not happy. And the more you do it, the more you cause that hormone to dysfunction. Now the hormone will get to a stage where he understands that masturbation means woman. I'm telling you the truth, friends. I did a lot of search on that. I know a friend. She watched pornography since he was 17. Up to about 30. And did all that comes with it. And he gets married. He says, I'll go with my wife. Nothing happens. While the prophet says, any man that is in right mind sees a woman wrongly dressed, just wrongly dressed, have sensation. But you see your wife, nothing happens. The hormones are destroyed. Hormones are destroyed. And you know what he says? For me to be ready for that woman, I need to bring in a screen and watch pornography while my wife is there. And the wife said, I can take it. I'm gone. Marriage is crumbled. Brother, sister, let's wake up. And you come to church, poor brother, full of the Holy Ghost, love the Lord. Your system is destroyed. And you want to get married? Think about that. You are in the world, you destroy your system, then you come, you're going to get married. And you marry this wonderful sister, full of the Holy Ghost, desiring children, and nothing comes. That's why we have problems. The husband, the husband does not give me money. The husband, that's not the problem. The problem is down there. Right. Nothing works. I know you're laughing. Nothing works. Amen. You bring a sister, after watching all this nonsense, comes in, system destroyed. And she comes in, oh, I love you, brother. Let's get married. You know what, what pornography destroys in a woman? The way God created a woman. So wonderful. You know why we eat looking at each other? Very important. Because as you're looking at your wife together, you are transmitting messages. You might not say a word, but you are transmitting messages. That's why science came to tell us when a woman has a baby, as soon as the baby comes out, they take the baby, they put it in the baby on, the, on her bosom. Why? Because there is transmission. As soon as the baby lands on the mother's bosom, they, they are inseparable. Done. This is the way God created it. Amen. That's why a man and a woman also, they go face to face. You understand what I'm talking about? 
That's the way God created it and intended it to be. But the devil ain't brought us all kind of nonsense. You know why? Because as you're looking at each other, you are passing in messages that cannot be unbroken. That's why they say a young lady, a virgin young lady, the first time she goes with a man, she will never forget that man for the rest of her life. Because the prophet says, that man's prince stays with you. This is the word of God. God created a body beautiful. And the devil is destroying us. So now, a woman that watches pornography, masturbates. She destroys that hormones. And that hormones is the one that prepared the milk for the baby. It's the one that prepares her for her husband. It's the one that prepares her to deliver the baby. When it destroys, you cannot be connected with any man. That's why we see people are going all over the place. You marry today, divorce tomorrow. There is no contact the way God intended it. That's why a true son of God, a bride of Jesus Christ, once the prophet said, you have spiritual intercourse with Christ. Done. Done. Nothing else will change your mind. You are sealed in with Jesus Christ. Amen. The devil cannot do anything. Let me just continue. I'm sorry for stopping Stopping on that thought. The prophet says, Our dear Lord Jesus himself in the world's greatest battleground in Gethsemane, he cried out in despair, in a messy desperation. He should, should he take the sins of the world or should he just remain on earth with his beloved disciple? What he wanted to do. But watch his humility as he humbled himself. Not my will be done. Not, not my will, but thy will be done. Humble himself to the word and, and the promise of the word of the God of heaven. In Gethsemane, the greatest battleground. When you are fighting that pornography demon, you won't be on the mountain. You are in the valley. And that spirit takes over father, mother, grandparent, whoever you are. The devil does not care. Amen. He can take your life. Amen. I'm so lonely, brother. I haven't gotten married. You know, I just live alone. Don't live alone too long. It's not good. The Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone. It's not good. Get married. In the Holy Ghost. It will save you from a lot of trouble. Amen. The prophet says. Notice. He went a little further. And he went a little further. How much more are we to go a little further? Notice the scripture says here. In Luke. That he prayed earnestly. Brother, sister. If Jesus had to pray earnestly. How much more have we got to pray earnestly? God, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. It must go. I must be delivered. 
Amen. The prophet says here, if Christ, the Son of God, made flesh, had to pray earnestly, and then how much more are we sinners saved by grace? Pray earnestly. If the decision throw the Son of God into despair, what will they do to you and I? Desperately, we must cry out. I am desperate. I need God now. I need God now. My children don't have the Holy Ghost. I need God now. I, my wife and I, we've been reading the book of Acts. Every morning, we just read one chapter. You know what I came to find out? Wherever the disciple went in the book of Acts, even Paul, the Bible says that man believed in his house. This man believed in his house. You can't tell me you are a believer and your house, your house does not believe. Where is your children? You want to go to heaven yourself? You want to go to heaven yourself? Where is your kids? Did God give your children to be lost? I don't believe so. If they are not saved, claim them. Amen. Go down on your knees. Go down in the valley. Claim them. Like Ati writes. It's your responsibility. The prophet was there. He could have prayed for the kids. But he says, you pray. You mama pray. Tell me what you want and you will get it. You could have asked for millions of dollars. You could have asked for your sister who was there sick since she was born. She looked around. Inspiration came. She was down in the valley. My sons. My sons, my sons. Now the opportunity came. I want my sons. Straight away they fall down. And praising God. The prophet says, after he went, after, the, after, uh, after uh, Gethsemane, he went up on Mount Calvary. Amen. From humiliation to glory. Hallelujah. He says, he climbed in a message, it is, uh, it is, it is I, be not afraid. He climbed the highest mountain so he could look all across the ocean and see them till they got to the end of the journey. So when he went up on Calvary, it was to see your journey from this day until you're going to finish your journey. He was looking at you, telling you, I'm up on the mountain. One of these days, you will end up in this mountain as well. Amen. He won the victory. That's why Paul was able to say, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Hallelujah. Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the, is the law. But thank be to God, which give us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. When you walk after the Spirit, you produce the fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. The prophet in a message church age. He says, uh, unless we suffer with him, we cannot reign. Yeah. Hallelujah. Remember, we are priests and kings. Right. We will reign. The saints shall judge the earth. How can you judge if you did not learn how to follow? Yeah. 
many husbands they want uh, they want to lead a woman when they have not learned how to follow. How can you lead? You don't know what is to follow somebody. Be submissive. Be submissive on what? Are you submissive to the word yourself? Lead by example, husband. Amen. I always tell young sisters, if that man that wants to marry you does not respect his father and mother, he will never respect you. Never respect you. Don't think he will change at home. He gets worse. Amen. You, unless we suffer with him, we cannot reign. You have to suffer to reign. The reason for this is that character simply is never made without suffering. Character is a victory. You don't wake up a victorious. You got to fight. You got to go through some battles before you, you, you enjoy the victory. Hallelujah. Victory is mine. We sing victory is mine. You're still bound with pornography. Victory is mine. You're still criticizing. You are no victory. You need to suffer. And suffering when they criticize you. Oh God. You never open your mouth when they beat you down. You were quiet. Lord, teach me. Teach me to be humble. Teach me how to love. And the only way I find to learn to love is when someone hates you. That's why you learn what is to love somebody. Jesus Christ was so much hated. They put him on the cross. They did all kinds of things to him. But he was standing there in pain. He said, Father, don't lay this on them. On the cross. With that pain. He couldn't breathe properly. Naked in front of people. Father, forgive. Brother, that was... You, you, when we talk about victory in Jesus, it was not a joke. He suffered. He suffered. You also must suffer. Amen. Amen. You have to suffer. Unless you won't be able to be his bride and sit on the throne. That's why he says, to him that overcometh. To him that overcometh. So to overcome means you got the sword of the word. Today I wake up at 3 a.m. I got a demon that I need to slice. He must fall. I will be up. God, I have an appointment with you. We will meet at 3. 3 a.m. I put my alarm on. Hey. Battle starts. Satan or pornography. Come on. Let's have a conference now. I want to tell you today. Today is your last day. Today is your last day. I got the sword of the word. And I'm going to slash you to pieces. I'm on my knees. I got a child that is not saved. Satan come, I'll tell you something. Tonight, you're gone. I won't see you no more. You know what? You know what Moses said to Israel? The Egyptian that you see, you shall see them no more. Amen. The pornography that you see, I shall see you no more. Amen. Gossiping, no more. I will slash you with the word of God. 
We don't have the courage. The courage is gone. That's what God told Joshua. Be courageous. You need courage to fight. Amen. If you need to fight all night long, I will fight all night long. Like Jacob. He says, hey, angel, I ain't let you go in. You're not going nowhere until you bless me. No, leave me alone. No, I won't leave you alone. Angel, you don't don't know me. eh? I'm a deceiver. I deceive my dad. I deceive my mom. I deceive my father-in-law. I deceive everybody. You think you're going to go to die? No. I won't let you go until you bless me. And the angel says, hey, I've never seen such a face. He says, hey, I need to go. It's getting morning. I don't need anybody to see me. It's getting five. And I better bless this guy unless I won't go. Ah! The guy comes up in the morning. Brother Jacob, what happened? I have been changed. I have been changed. Brother Jacob, what happened? I can't tell you what happened, brother. Last night, I have a battle. And I met an angel. You know what the angel told me? He was about to go. But I tell me, you are not going nowhere. And I held him until 5 in the morning. He says, I better bless him unless I will never go. And he blessed me. I am changed, brother. The changing was visible. You tell me you change? I need to see something. You change from what? You're still doing the same thing that you told you were before. And you tell me you got changed? You need to get down to business, brother. Character is victory. Let me just move on right quick. What time is it? It's 12. You want me to stop? Well, I will preach for those that say no. If you say nothing, the door is right open. Let's talk about David. Let's talk about Samson. Brother Samson, the Bible says in Judges 16, 34. And it came to pass after, afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek. Think about that. The valley of Sorek. Not in the mountain of Sorek, but in the valley of Sorek because Delilah came with a mission and Samson had a mission. So two people with mission on earth, they meet together. Beautiful young lady, but an unbeliever. And a believer, son of God, a Nazarite, falling in love with an unbeliever. Well, the Bible says you shall not do so. The prophet says a believer cannot marry an unbeliever under no circumstance. That means you will never come up with a valid reason why you did so. As soon as you do that, you are an unbeliever yourself. Because your heart sends you there. Brother Samson met Delilah in the valley of Sorek. Maybe Brother David was going around with his friends who were not believers because the Bible gave him a boundary to work. The Bible said the Spirit of the Lord was with him from from then to, uh, I forgot the name of the city. Pardon me? I said, I said name of the city. So one day, brother Samson thought he was so spiritual, so up in the mountain, 
so much strength, he left God's boundary to go to the Valley of Sorek. And it just happened to be that day that a beautiful young lady with a mini skirt on, with a bottle down her open, was passing by. Oh, mercy. Brother Samson was coming around, a Nazarite, long hair, sanctified from his mother's womb, passing by. Hey. What is this? And Sister Delilah was just, you know, with high heels going around. You want me to do the way she walks? I don't want to do that. But she's just going around. And she knew he was watching. They don't dress like that for fun. They dress it because they know they're going to watch. And she was just walking around with miniskirt down here. And she went somewhere and sat down like this. And Brother Samson gets around with his worldly friends. Hey, Delilah. He comes to Brother Samson. Well, I just shake hands. I don't kiss. Come on, Brother Samson. Such a beautiful young man with long hair. Oh, come on. Just give me for one. Nobody will see. <laughs> Brother Samson, look around. Mama's not around. Pastor's not around. Nobody's around. Let me just kiss for the last time. <laughs> As soon as he did that, a demon enters. You might think, you know, it's just business, you know. We're going to meet in the bar and just talk about business. Business in the bar, you a believer? I'm just going to drink coca in the bar. Why don't you go somewhere else? Why in the bar? The demon that hangs around there will chase you. You might meet the wrong person at the wrong time. And you come and lie to your wife. I didn't do anything. Nothing happens. But you're still chatting with that lady that you saw there. Brother Samson, the prophet says, a great deal like the church started right. He started off the right direction. He started off and was called a mighty man of valor. But he started out serving the Lord, keeping his word, and doing his commandment. Everything was perfect. As long as Samson followed the word, the Lord, the Lord used him. But it came to a time, the day he met Samson, something happened. He just became arrogant. A young man, young sister in the church, so innocent. The day they just go out with that man, something happened. Mom says something. Ah, come on, mom. Can you do this? Is ah, I got no time. Can you help me in the kitchen? Well, come on, let's pray. Well, I'm tired because you've been texting all night. Arrogant spirit just comes in because of a demon spirit that been jumped on you. A legion. You know what? How many, how many soldiers the legion? Three to six thousand in the army, uh, a Roman army. So that man that had legion, he had between three thousand to six thousand demon spirit. How, how, many, how, how did he got them? First day he went out, the prophet says, drunk, a social drink, one demon comes in. 
He comes home, the wife said, oh, I smell something. No, 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 he lied. Second one comes in. One by one, up to 3,000 demons. And when they got 3,000, he started bounding himself with chains. Because he couldn't control them no more. And he needed Jesus to deliver. You need Jesus to deliver you. Brother Samson became arrogant. The prophet said in a failing great reality of the living God. What was in that Samson a woman chaser? Sure, he was arrogant, disobedient to his father and mother. They told him not to go down there with that woman, that Jezebel, but he wouldn't listen to them. What was it? Samson had strength. Now listen, Samson was willing to submit his strength. Samson gave his strength to God, but gave his heart to Delilah. And you know what Delilah did? Delilah knew her mission. She was not there to love Samson. Let me tell you, friend, they are not there to love you, to destroy you. And the Bible says, the lords of the Philistines. So the president of the, the, the Philistine called Delilah. You look beautiful. We have a mission. We heard there is a son of God that had a mission to destroy us. But we need to counterattack right quick. So you are the chosen one. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to send you to the church. And when you get to church, you have a mission to do to seduce the young man. Hallelujah. That's why you come to church. Be careful, brother. The brother spoke about adversaries. They come in our midst. We sit together. Young men will come with a mission to destroy our young girls. We need to discover them. And when you discover them, don't have pity on them. Kick them out. Amen. They destroy our daughters. Destroy our young men. Kick them out in the name of Jesus Christ. Delilah. The Bible says they gave him 1100 shekels. And I tried to convert that to today's money. It was 89,000 US dollars. That's a lot of money, brother. To destroy Brother Samson. She was rich. And she had money in the house. Now I'm on a mission. When she was dressing on miniskirt, it was business. She had money for it. Probably she paid tax. I don't know. It was business. That's why today, you got Silicon Valley. And it's a valley. They met in, in Sorek Valley here. And today, Adelilah, Silicon Valley. They pour in billions of dollars. All these nonsense tech companies. Why are they there? You know, want me to tell you why they're there? The prophet says, the devil, Satan, used to live in France, in Europe. And he moved to North America. And he landed where? In Hollywood. In Silicon Valley. And he pours in money. And he created YouTube. He created WhatsApp. He created all this nonsense. What for? To destroy your life. In America, 50% of divorce is caused by Facebook. And can you imagine 
If Facebook destroys marriages, you think I'll be there? No. That's a Delilah. I got nothing to do with it. Nothing. We need to be serious, brother. You hear destroys and you want to be there. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth, brother. I don't know. I've never seen a believer converted through Facebook. I don't know. If there is one, please help me. But up to today, I've never seen one. They came to the message because I was on Facebook. I heard the word and I gave my life to the Lord. Now I got baptized. I've never seen one. Maybe they will. I don't know. I'm not saying, you know, don't get me wrong. But up to today, I've never heard that testimony. Facebook and Google, they came together. They put in $3 billion. You know why? They want to build this aircraft that will go around the world to give you free internet to regions where it's difficult to get. They are not stupid. They're not stupid. They know what they're doing. Delilah is on the work. And he's there to destroy you. To destroy your life. That's the main purpose. Amen. And Samson, he got hooked up with this woman. Things went wrong. Because he was a son of God. Too proud of himself. I am, I am, I am. God said, I'll teach you a lesson now. Because you think you are this, I'll bring you to the real valley. The Bible says Samson sold himself to the woman. He cut her hair. He, he, uh, his hair. And brother Samson thought that when they say, Samson, the Philistine upon thee. He used to wake up and go. Now he wanted to wake up. <sighs> Delilah says, I got you. This was my purpose. Call the kings of the Philistine. Come on, let's feast. A son of God has fallen. When you fall down in sin, the kingdom of hell are happy. They are dancing, enjoying themselves, drinking and smoking. And the Bible says they got together to worship their gods. That's why the prophet says when somebody comes to the Lord, we also need to rejoice. Amen. Someone comes to the Lord, oh yes, that was fine. No. You need to sing. Hallelujah. Somebody got saved. Somebody got baptized. Amen. We are breaking hell. Somebody got delivered. Ichabod got into Samson's life. He could do nothing. He went to the real valley. They took his eyes off. He started pushing. The Bible says they make him do sport. They will look at brother Samson as son of God and laugh at him. You thought you would be somebody? You thought you were strong at school? I got you. I had sex with you. Tell me again you are a Christian. And you think when you meet that girl, you, be, you tell him you are son of God? No. You look down. Oh, why did I do this? Oh God. Oh God. Oh God, forgive. I fall. I fall. Help me. Samson started to cry. Oh God. Oh God. As he was going around, turning that thing, Delilah laughing at him. 
the king of the Philistines worshipping their God. Oh God, oh God, one more time. Give me one more chance. My eyes are gone. My hair, my hair is gone. One more chance. Samson learned to be humble. Samson started to think about what his mother told him. You should not marry that woman. She's not a good one. We are supposed to marry among us. Don't go there. Oh God, I disobey my mama. I disobey papa. Have mercy on me, Lord. And during that time, the hair started to grow. The Bible says, Judge 16, And Samson called unto the Lord and said, Oh Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray. He was praying. He was crying. Only this once, oh God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistine for my two eyes. And Samson says, let me die with the Philistine. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of criticizing. I'm tired of pornography. I'm tired of being stupid. I'm tired of disrespecting my parents. It must go. This once, oh God. He cried. It was not, it was not smiling and, and just be sorry. No. It was a real prayer. A real delivering power of God to come in. I'm sorry for what I've done. The prophet said we need, we need true, to be truthfully sorry for what I've done. It's not a, Lord, forgive me, you know. I'm human. No. He knows you, you, he, he know that you're human. But you shouldn't do that. God have mercy. The prophet says, we want complete deliverance. We don't want to be halfway church. We want to be real church or no church. Amen. We want to be real Christian or no Christian. We want total deliverance from our habits. Some people have, have bad habits. No respect of elders. No respect whatsoever. We are in a message. You know, we are the same age. We are not the same age. I'm not your age. You need to respect. Amen. I'm not your friend. We are believers. And what brings us together is the word. If you respect the word, you respect me, I respect you. Bad habits of talking nonsense in front of anybody. Where are they going to take me? What are you talking about, you stupid person? You need the Holy Ghost in your life. You need deliverance. You need to learn respect. You need to respect the pastor. You need to respect the deacons. You need to respect your parents. Brother, when you pray for a wife, pray for one that has respectful attitude, that respects her father and mother, she will respect you as well. Delivering from our habits, delivering from our sins, Family sins. Like we were saying yesterday. Stubbornness. From great, 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 great grandparents. And fall on your wife. Your wife does not listen to anything you say. You need deliverance. Amen. 
from our evil thinking, malicious business, to gain more than others. You go to work for eight hours, you work for six hours. And you write on your, on your paper eight hours. Liar. You're a liar. Well, you know what? I've been here for quite a while, but I don't exactly, but that's why I put eight hours. You are a liar. Tell the truth. We want deliverance from our negligence. Negligence is sin. A son of God is not negligence. Amen. Negligence means not to care. I don't care. If I don't go to church, I don't care. I don't care. Who tells me what? Whoa. No wonder you are nonsense. That's right. You are nonsense. From our negligence. You become so negligent reading your Bible. Today people are looking for victory, spiritually speaking, in their lives. But they don't read. Einstein, you know Einstein? That guy with long hair, scientist guy, you know what he says? He says, stupidity is to do the same thing but expect a different result. That's being stupid. You don't read your Bible, you don't pray, but you expect victory. You're stupid. It won't happen. It won't happen. God have mercy, friends. I'm tired, but I must go. <laughs> the prophet says, the disciple had total deliverance. Absolutely total deliverance. Why? They were they completely and totally Filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what brings complete and total deliverance. Is the Holy Ghost. You don't read. You don't pray. You don't come to church. Yet you want the Holy Ghost. It's not going to come friends. You're stupid. The prophet prayed one time. He says Lord forgive my stupidity. Have you ever read that? So that means the prophet came to a place he did stupid things. We need to be sincere to ourselves. I don't want to be stupid. I want to do what is right. And what is right comes from the word of God. Let me just read something then I will stop. The message influence. Preaching 62. The prophet says, When the king got to a place, speaking about Uzziah, When the king got to a place, being such a great king, great man, influencing Isaiah and the righteous, of course, of his kingdom, he got to a place, he got feeling self-secure. I've done so much for the Lord, I'm good. Nothing bothers me. And there is where you make your mistake. There is where so many righteous men bite the dust of shame. 
bite the dust of defeat is because they begin to feel self-secure. I got money. I got everything I need. Well, you know what? I don't need anything. No. You need God. You begin to think that you have lived so long for Christ that no matter what he presents before you, you will take it. You will take your choice whether you want it or not. I live so much for Christ, I can hug a woman. It's not a problem. You are a lie. You're lying to yourself. I live so much for the Lord, brother. I can kiss anybody. No. No, you can't do everything. Don't become self-secure. You've got to continue to serve God. No matter what you was back 10 years ago is what you are now. The prophet says so many today, you take a family, follow this, after this I'll stop. You take a family of people that will start going to church. Follow the thought. They will start going to church. And God will heal the little family. He will bless them and give them the Holy Ghost in their lives. The little children will pray around the table. Back then there was no cell phone. When you were so humble, God was blessing you. Bless your children. We meet every evening around the table. We pray. We put the cell phone aside. They will pray before they go to bed. Mother and father will join hands and pray. I wonder how many father and mother join their hands in prayer. No time. Mama praying there, papa's praying in our corner. Amen. They will join hands together. When I got married, Brother Bisco blessed our marriage. He counseled us before the day before the wedding. He says, Brother Obed and Sister Anne, one thing don't forget. Always pray together, holding your wife's hands. Let your wife hear how you're praying for her. Let your husband hear what you're expressing to God for him. Very important. When you pray for your wife, don't go quiet. God, deliver my husband. Deliver him. I've been looking at him. He's checking, ladies. Help him, Lord. Lord, help my wife. She loves a lot of money, Lord. And as long as they continue like that, they will stay a family. As long as you pray together hand in hands, you read the Bible for the kids, you stay a family. Amen. But you let them, first thing you know, they didn't have nothing. An old junk car riding around in. Or maybe walking. Things were good when we were walking. Things were good with a little junky car. Finally, they get a good car. A better home. 
And the first thing you know, they want to get to what they call the world. A better class to associate with. They moved to a different location. This was a poor area. We're going to a nice place. All these things are good. I don't mean staying in a bad place. And in there, they found out they become influenced by the wrong influence. Because you want to get around people that have money. Let's have coffee. Let's talk about business. And this friend of yours comes with his wife with a mini skirts. And he comes in with a short. Where are the friends, business friends? You and your husband, long skirt, pants. Husband looking at the wife with mini skirts. Wife looking at this guy with a short on. God have mercy on that meeting. Mercy. You must always stay where the kingdom of God is. And where the glory of God is pouring out. Stay where you can be spiritually fed. Day and night. Then the first thing you know, separation comes. In the home. Worldliness. And the thing, and they get lifted up. We are. When they come to church, they want everybody to greet them. Hey, brother. Lifted up. Separation. The husband opened her own bank account. That the husband has nothing, no clue what's in there. The husband has his. Wife has her bank account. Whatever she swiped, the husband has no idea. She starts buying homes by herself. Buying cars for whoever. The husband has no clue. And you call that a family. The prophet says, he got lifted up. He's talking about Uzziah now. The family get lifted up. Separation comes in. They don't come to church because they are fighting every night. The husband starts to suspect the woman is talking to somebody else because her cell phone now is locked with a password. Amen. Amen. Suspicion going to the house. I wonder who she's talking to. She's always on her, on her cell phone. The wife on her side, who is, she, who is he talking to? That day, my, my friend, our friend came with his wife here, and she, they were just sitting, you know, looking at each other. I wonder who is he talking to? Separation comes. You are, you are, you are, you are. The kids get messed up. Family gets separated. What happened? God is not there anymore. When we were poor, we were blessed. The Amazon guy, when they were poor, things were good. Money comes in, it brings in women, it brings in pride, it brings all kind of thing. Marriage, gone. Now, let your money fix your marriage. Brother, let's be serious. We don't have time to waste. Let's be serious. Get down to your valley. Straighten up your life. Straighten up your life, brother. Be serious with the Lord. Consecrate your life. One of these days, the prophet says, we will come to church, but there won't be salvation. We won't know when God will stop it. We, don't, we won't know. Noah get into the, uh, to the ark 
God knew his heart. He would save anybody. But God made sure he locked the door from the outside. Because he knew if people come to Noah, he will let them in. But it's my time, I lock the door. People knock, I'm sure Noah was crying inside of the boat. Oh my goodness, I can't open the door. God says, compassion, done. Your, your sympathy, close the door. We got no time. We'll come here, people will get baptized, no salvation. We don't know when that will come. I hope it did not come yet. But if it has, where are you? Where are you, my friend? Where are you with your experience with the Lord? If you realize that you don't pray no more, what happened? Fix it quickly. You, you, you and your husband don't get along. Fix it. Kids are messed up. Fix it. Let meet each other and talk about it. Let's have a conference. The prophet says when there is a conference, that means there is a problem. And conference produces result. You cannot have a conference and end up in a mess. It's to come to an objective. People come to church and die in the church. Joshua, God told him, you kill anything that survives. Any Amalekite. Any Jebusite. Any hay tights. They were wearing tight skirt, I guess. That's why they call them hay tights. <laughs> hay tights. All the ites. Kill them. Gossipites. Criticizers. Whatever that is. Kill it, brother. Destroy it. Pornographers. Whatever that might be, friends. We got no time. Joshua said, I must do this. And you know what happened? God told Joshua, you need to circumcise all these guys. Circumcise them. You know what circumcision is? They take the flesh out. When they take the flesh out, ah! And they were doing it, they were old. Ah! Ah! God says, to get to the land... I need fighters. I don't need people that are weak. I need fighters. Amen. And the prophet says circumcision today is to take the world out of you. To get to the promised land, which is the word of this hour. God needs courageous people. No weak people. To be under the covenant. And covenant means consecration. I'm consecrated for the cause. I must get to the land. Joshua circumcises all of them. And he circumcises them. They cry all night. Now tomorrow he said, now you're ready. Because you came out of the valley. Now you're ready. Let's take the land. Joshua and Caleb, 80 years old. Circumcising the hearts. He says, give me my mountain. Joshua was, uh, Caleb was 80 years old. He did not call anybody to fight for his land. He says, it's my land. It's my family. It's my son. It's my daughter. It's my husband. It's my mountain. And Jesus says, speak to the mountain. Speak to your mountain. Your mountain needs to hear your voice. I will not change your mountain. You will change your own mountain. And if you speak, your mountain will obey. Because it's your land. It belongs to you. Amen. 
God bless you. Let us stand. Let's just sing that song again. There will be peace in the valley. I'm tired and weary, but I must go. There is more land that I need to, to possess. I will not feel sorry for the devil. The devil is in my case. I will prove him I'm a child of the living God. David told, told Goliath, you uncircumcised Philistine. You are coming to challenge the sons of God. I will prove to you. And he killed him. You got your Goliath today. The prophet says, Branham Tabernacle, the Philistine upon you. And church, the Philistine are among you. You need to identify them and kill them. Amen. Let's go, brother. Thank you.
by the message. Amen. I'm happy that uh, Brother Ovet Dioka did not pull no punches. Amen. He, he really hurt his heart out. Amen. Now, uh, the challenge today is there is intellectualism. People just come to enjoy a display of intellect in the church. Be amused by intelligence and go back and live the same way that they have always lived. On the other side, there is spiritualism. Spiritualism, it's more bordering on uh, superstitions. So you've got those extremes. But we are glad that the message can still be preached in such a manner that it can provoke the heart. The gospel has to provoke the heart. And uh, whether you like it or not, things that she's preaching about, you are beginning to see them. When we grew up, we thought it is a taboo. We thought we would never see the day when divorce is in the message, not in a Pentecost, in the message, becomes the order of the day. That so and so 
are divorced and doesn't seem like it's a big deal. It's a matter of saying, who's next? But why would we have such a great message filtered by the pillar of fire and yet be defeated under the banner of that message? The problem is not with the message. The problem is whether do we yield ourselves to what God has brought in the end time. The question would be, do we mean business? Do we understand that we are in a war zone? And I believe that there was a time when Joshua was promised that there would never be any casualties in the camp. But when he realized that he started losing men, he stopped the battle and said, hang on, this is not what we were promised. We were promised that this it will be a smooth sailing as long as God is on our side. I know as the brother was preaching, some of you might have cringed a bit, especially when he touched on that demon of pornography. It's because that demon does not want to be exposed because it's always hiding under the curtain of privacy. It is the reality. It is the reality. Pornography, uh, it numbs a person's feelings. He and I were somewhere, some other time, and an altar call was made of young people, and they came to the altar. And obviously, before we pray to say, what do you need from the Lord? Young men, majority of them, one by one, I remember the whispered in my ear, I've got a problem with pornography. Why? It's because we live during a time of sexual explosion. As soon as you open your phone, there is just an advert to just get flattered on your phone. It takes a man with a man's thinking filter to look away. Don't pretend like you don't know what we are talking about. Take, take your child's cell phone. And, and if you want, speak to me privately. I can help you to, to check what they've seen in the last six months. And ask yourself, do I still give my boy or my girl a cell phone? But the devil is going to make you feel peculiar that you are backward. A child has got to have a cell phone. We are not going to raise our children based on the worldly norms. Because we are not the people of this world. We are just passing through. Am I talking to message believers? Uh you mentioned something very striking. When was the last time you held your wife's hand and prayed? I'm not going to say raise your hand, but you know the truth. The beauty if I was say, let's raise our hand, brothers will raise the hand, the sisters will say, really, are we really, really doing this? When was the last time you had a family altar? The problem message believers are under the illusion 
or this delusion that because they've got cash phrases in the message, third pool, seven seals, seven thunders, the devil is scared of cash phrases. The devil is a master of slogans. What makes the devil scared, it is the life that is backed up by what you proclaim to be. And he knows. You remember when they tried to challenge a demon? The, the demon said, ah, brothers, Paul I know. Jesus I know. But you, who are you? Because why? They could recognize the life of Jesus Christ behind Paul. But they could not recognize the life of Jesus Christ behind these fellas. And that demon really gave them a hiding. I'm going to read a quotation. We're not going to hold you. But I think he said conferences, they must be an objective. You can't just spend money and be in a hotel and go back to the same way that you were. It will need a public protector because it's a wastage of expenditure. Brahman says in the message, souls that are in prison, I want you to listen to these words. Paragraph 299. One of these days, if you haven't already, you will cross that line. You will desire no more to do what's right. Did you hear what I said? It's a matter. Brother, sister, do you realize what's being said? The prophet wanted them to know the gravity of the statement that has that had just been uttered. You'll cross that line. You will never want to do it. You will still hear the gospel, sure, but you will never accept it. You can't accept it, but the gospel will be preached to the doomed, those that are eternally lost, can't get saved no more. You are already in that spot and don't know. You think you are living in pleasure and date while you are alive. Do you hear what has been said? Hearing the gospel but not being able to repent. It is later than we think, friends. That is why we say it is a time of consecration. Consecration requires introspection. Uh, I, I was thinking personally, I was thinking in the message we've had, church politics, rightly or wrongly, but we've all been affected by that. It has created complexes. It has created bitterness. And I said, it has created some spiritual pollution. But there must be a cleansing. What does it mean? It means that even if somebody was right or wrong and they mistreated you, you must be able to say, I forgive. I let go. It's not because they are asking for forgiveness. It's because... Now, you want the Spirit of Christ to act out in you and say, despite that, I forgive you. Because forgiveness liberates you 
although it does not justify the perpetrator, but it just it sets you free. And I've picked up that people are full of bitterness. Ministers are full of bitterness. Families are full of bitterness. Not out there. The message. God bless you, Brother Dioka, for not holding back and giving it out the way it is. I know some people... I know some people would have wanted you to be politically correct, but let us be politically incorrect, but be weight correct. And I think you were quite weight correct. You need a scripture, young man, regarding masturbation. It says there are men that are abusers of themselves. It's there in the Bible. If you want, you can sit down with him. He will expound more on that one so that you are better, uh, you know where you stand. I know some say, do you really to preach this? Yes, we are in a battle. Let's not pretend like Satan is not among ourselves. He must be exposed. Today, some they say, you must never say adultery, you must say extramarital affair. You must not say fornication, you must say indiscretions. Why? To make it more appealing. But we will overcome. God bless you richly. God bless you richly. Lord, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Then we are going to close. I've wandered far away.
every head bows and all eyes close and we are going to be in prayer maybe you may ask yourself do I have a need the question would be are all the people you want to be in the message are they in the message is your marriage the way it's supposed to be according to the standards of the message is your home run the way it's supposed to be run according to the standards of the message is your life intact according to the standards of the message maybe nothing is wrong but over time you developed a self-righteous attitude that resulted in you having pride I think we all need God. And we need maybe you want to say is there a need for consecration? I, do you know what the devil is planning against you? Do you know the devil what the plan, devil is planning against your family, your marriage, your kids? The devil is at heart hard at work 24/7 365 days but we're going to defeat him i say we're going to defeat him Amen. if god is on our side who can stand before us consecration it means that god takes sides with us but before you take sides with us we are going to let go of anything that may repel your presence from us Gracious Heavenly Father, in this dying hour, you send an unadulterated message. This message, your messenger, went around the world many times. At the beginning of the ministry, he had so many friends. He had so many admirers. But later, when he took sight with the fullness of the word, many left him. Sponsors were withdrawn. But we had glad that he never compromised even a bit. Because had he compromised, where would we be in 2019? In 2019, we still have a place of refuge because we can return back to the tapes and hear what the messenger said. Heavenly Father, you have used your servant in a mighty way. And dear God, he put himself aside and said, let me preach the truth. If it hurts, let it hurt. But your prophet has told us that the truth will never make one popular, but it will make one honest. And I believe he wanted to be honest with you. And dear God, we want to embrace this truth fully. And that is why we have raised our hands. And as David of the old, he said, Search me, O Lord. If you find anything evil, take it out. Over time, many complexes have developed. Attitude, dear God, have hardened. But dear God, I'm glad that there is still balm in Gilead. I'm glad that we still can call upon the name of the Lord. I can think of Samson, how his name was revered among the Philistines, 
how they used to speak about him in harsh tones because they were afraid to mention his name. But once he was captured, they were able to make mockery and they laughed and they danced and they drank. But dear God, they did not know that in that moment, a man of God was re-consecrating his life. And he was saying, oh Lord, just once more. And right there, dear God, we are told that he killed more Philistines than he has ever killed during his life. Why? Because he faced God and said, God, I am sorry. I'm returning back to you. And dear God, the prophet says, tears were streaming down from those empty sockets. He didn't care what any bulls he was saying, but dear God, he meant business with you. This afternoon, we want to mean business with you. We are losing our young people back to the world, but dear God, it cannot be business as usual. We want consecrated young people. We want consecrated young women. We want consecrated families. We want consecrated churches, dear God. And for us to have that desire, it means it is possible, dear God. And that's why we've had this convention, so that you can speak to us about the essence of consecration. Because Joshua said, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonderful things amongst you. We believe that there are great things that are supposed to take place within the message ranks. But dear God, it needs first with consecration. I'm praying for these men and women that have raised their hands. May you be merciful. Whatever needs that they have, may you grant them their needs. And dear God, we've come to the end of this service. And we've got another service again. We need your mercy once again. Be merciful, dear God. We want to commit everything back to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is an army, not just an army, but a consecrated army rising to break every chain in the name of Jesus Christ because there is power in that name. There is power in the name There is power in the name There is power in the name of Jesus I believe so.
that is coming into the message. I was, I didn't know. He was just telling me one of the guys that I knew was a good singer, Ray Balls. I loved his music. That pastor, do you know that he just came out, he says, I'm a homosexual. I say, I had him on, him as my ringing tone. Let me delete him. <laughs> Amen. Why would I keep a homosexual? As a ringing tone on my phone. No, I deleted it. At least that spirit jumps onto me. Amen. It loves musicians, that spirit, Rasbu. You know that. Amen. That's why we, Yes, yes, yes. You know. You, you know. Amen. Uh, but we thank God that you, you are, apply the token. Amen. But when we watch that spirit... We as well expose it. Amen. Wonderful. We will come back at 4 o'clock for 4.30, meaning 4 o'clock is our quiet time. And 4.30, uh, Brother Lawrence Mutasa will take the stage. Amen. We'll continue with the second service. You know, when I invited to these ministers, 
But when I invite a minister, I always look for authenticity. You know, some minister can invite him. When he hears another minister, he just changes and wants to be like that other minister. So you can see Brother Lawrence Matasa is himself. Brother Gioka comes, he's himself. What God is doing through that brother, it doesn't affect what God has planned with me. I remain in my post of duty. That's what I appreciate. Amen. So let's just give these ministers a round of applause. We love and appreciate them. Amen. They've left their churches. I mean, Brother Tess has left his church in there. In Venda, I know they are streaming. May God bless them for allowing the men of God to come this way. Brother Duoka, I know they've got meetings in Congo. Uh, but 15,000 people are gathered today. But he said, I'm going to Malatle. We really, really appreciate that. Amen. So we'll continue at four. Keep on praying for them. We are being tremendous. You know, we are being challenged. We are being built. We are being taught. And this conference, we say, whatever you want to do, God, we will be able to embrace you the irrespective of what direction from which you come from. We are available here to hear from you. God bless you. Don't eat too much because the head will drop during the service. Just make sure that just to yeah, just to fill up a bit and come back. If you want to eat very much after the second service, we don't want anybody sleeping. Amen. If somebody sleeps during the second service, just nudge them and say, if you are sleeping like this, is you, where is your theophany? Is it sleeping like you are sleeping? God bless you richly. Uh, give us a song. Maybe me, I feel like we are ready for Jerusalem. Uh, this Jerusalem Hey, we'll talk about it the other time. God bless you richly till we see you. Be punctual, please. The earlier, the better, so that we release you the earliest. Amen. We are ready. We are ready for Jerusalem. Oh, we are ready. Oh, we are ready for Jerusalem. Oh,
we are in.